Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's up, everybody? It's Bo here. House of the Dragon TV Talk. That's right. We're on episode two of this, uh, I guess, extended series from Game of Thrones. And, you know, the great thing is with this episode, it did actually feel like an extension of Game of Thrones. I mean, granted, it's a prequel, but that theme music coming in really does a lot of the heavy lifting, I think, to get us into the right mindset for what this series is. I wish the pilot had had that. I know... You know, I guess I understand why, you know, the this series needs to kind of be able to stand on its own while also existing within that world. But having that music bring you in kind of the 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 emotion that it evokes, kind of the memories that it evokes is, is a good thing. Now, you know, it's different from what we've seen before with the Game of Thrones intro, because before it was all about maps. It was all about territory. But here with the House of the Dragon, it's all about bloodlines. And that seems to be kind of what is just further communicated in these opening credits. Now, unfortunately, it's a little too dark and fast. I didn't get a chance to like really pause and take a look at what families are being connected, as I think that is what those little spiral things are supposed to imply. So anyway, I'm sure there'll be several different commentators and commentaries out there about all of those different things. And Bloodlines really is what this particular episode is really all about. After the death of the queen that has you know happened some time ago, the king is in the situation where he's got to secure his hold on the throne. He's too old and too vulnerable, and if something was to happen to him, well, I mean, his daughter's going to get the throne, but at the same time, not enough people really believe that she can hold it. You know, I love the tension that existed between Rhaenyra and her aunts. You know, there were both women that kind of longed for the throne. Uh, one was kind of, you know, one did get the support, or at least the the visual support of uh, of the world of kind of the kingdoms and the other one was rejected and you know this this notion of like okay yeah they bent the knee but does do they do they really do like was this symbolic was this a placeholder does anybody really believe you're going to get the throne and i think that they're both kind of touching on something that is very true which is that even though she did get this kind of you know the world was able to bend the knee with this kind of concept of her potentially becoming queen the question as to whether or not it would really actually happen is still up in the air. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. You know, a lot of the courtship stuff with the king uh, is highly uncomfortable. I mean, like I'm just going to say that. It's highly uncomfortable. Like, the age difference is weird and unsettling. And I get it. You know, one of the things that Game of Thrones did was they took the ages of a lot of the characters from the books and they kind of cranked it up to more appropriate levels. Here, they don't seem to be doing that. Um, or if they are, then I hate to know what they are in the textbooks. <laughs> but regardless, I know that this is kind of, you know, being driven from our own uh, kind of European history and, and kind of the, the, you know, the way in which uh, kingdoms were, you know, connected through marriages and the lack of a concept of age of consent and, you know, just the, the, the general injustice of the era in which it's pulling from. You're right, right? Like, so that's all kind of inspired here. Doesn't make it comfortable to watch just because it's kind of pulling from history does not make it okay. Uh, <laughs> does not make it okay and does not make it comfortable to watch. That being said, so we've got the situation where you've got kind of this, this kind of potentially perfect match 
on paper, except for the fact that the young girl is 12. So no, we're not going to marry the young girl that's 12. But at the same time, you know, his only other option is like 15. And so it's like, you know, we're sitting here, we're watching him talk with this 15 year old. We're like, this is awful. This is terrible. But then, like, we get the alternative, and you're like, okay, so is this supposed to make us feel better about this other awful thing? I don't know. To me, it just, it all feels very awkward and weird and awful. And I will say to his credit, right now, Viserys, uh, the king, you know, seems to be feeling that discomfort. Like, it's it's kind of refreshing, I guess, to some extent, to see that, like, okay, well, he's he's not reveling in this situation. He is also just uncomfortable by this situation. Uh, and it is a, it seems to be a relatively impossible situation. So it's, it's a, it's a mess. It's all a mess. Here's the other factor too. Get the Damon, uh, you know, his brother is out here, has a legitimate claim to the throne. Should something happen to his brother and his niece? And it's interesting that though we've already seen him to be a very kind of impulsive, very violent, very kind of fascist esque potential ruler, he does have a considerable appreciation and love and loyalty to his brother and to his niece. You know, we, we see like we see later on when he's talking to Valerian that, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I could talk about my brother, but you can't talk about my brother. You know, I mean, like that's a, you know, <laughs> most anybody with kind of internal family tensions understand that concept. It's like, no, no we can talk about this because we're blood. But no, you can't put down my brother in front of me. And maybe that's because it's like the family name. And so it's seen as an insult on him. But I get the sense that he actually does have he does value his brother. He's not just trying to kill him off. The other thing, too, is the kind of tension that exists between him and Rhaenyra's or Rhaenyra. I'm telling you, it's going to take me a while to get these names right. This time I've got IMDb pulled up, so I'm trying to like, get them a little bit better. I'm not going to call people discount Daenerys. Like we're going to we're going to we're going to call people by their name or at least we're going to try to and, and see where we go. But anyway, all that to say, like, you know, you see the banter back and forth between the two. There is mutual respect. There is appreciation. There might be something more going on there, or at least potentially setting up for something more to go on there as well. Um, you know, last week I mentioned trying to kind of conjure up what I remembered from the Dance of the Dragons and and all the kind of lore that surrounded that, which was not much. I mean, I remember like some some various aspects of it, but I don't really remember the intricacies of it. And one of the things that I think that the pilot missed out on is really getting a chance to get to know the characters and allowing the fan communities to kind of beef up the knowledge and kind of go in. There's all, you know, you look on YouTube, you can look on, you know, podcasts, wherever you want to, you know, go. Of course, Wikipedia, you're going to find like just tomes and tomes of information about all of these households and the, all of the world building that exists here. And you could tell with that pilot, they were kind of counting on that. And that makes sense. I get it. It's been a successful to an extent strategy with other series where you're really kind of speaking directly to your most aggressive, most in the no fans. I, you know, I was just recently reminded of the fact that Deep Space Nine, which was a Star Trek series, did this exact same thing. I remember when that show was out, I hated it. I, I really, I couldn't get into it. I was lost. It was boring. It just, I, I didn't get the concept. And I wasn't really a Star Trek fan. But in later years, I was kind of given like, oh no, like here's an online guide. Only watch these episodes and it'll take you through to kind of the Dominion War and what is kind of the, the main thrust of that show. And as I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really amazing. Like the interpersonal relationships, the political turmoil, like the, the you know, really kind of exploring the morally gray and what should be like a, you know, kind of a, an, a utopian society. Like it was, it was fantastic. That's a fantastic series when, you know, watched through a very specific timeline. 
But they knew this at the time. Like that series was they were like putting that out there. They recognized the fact that because of their release schedule, because of, you know, how it was kind of coming out to folks and because of the reason they were telling such a large grand story, uh, it was only going to like, there was going to be a lot of people that were going to pick up the show at any given time and be totally lost. And they were really taking a gamble on things like TiVo and the internet to really kind of, you know, keep people up to speed. Like the fan community had to do the work of keeping you connected with, you know, how it was all connected. So House of the Dragon, when it started out, I feel like that was kind of the case here. This felt like a much better episode. I, I really kind of got a sense of who some of these characters were, what was kind of their motivations. Uh, you know, again, still not like, you know, the Game of Thronesiness of it is just a little, meh. <laughs> like, the ages, the age thing, you know, I, I, I get, I get it. I understand it. I get why it's important to the story. I'm really hoping that we can maybe get past it because it, it's just, it's not comfortable to watch. I'm sorry. It's not enjoyable to watch. It's not comfortable to watch. But overall, this one definitely did pull me back in to the series or really kind of, I guess, pull me in for the first time to the series. I, I've been of the mindset after the pilot, I was like, well, I'm gonna give it two more episodes and see if this is a series that I really want to follow. And so far, yeah, I'm digging it. I think that intro music really uh, did a lot. Getting a chance to get to know these characters a little bit more is really, really solid. Understanding the interpersonal workings of them and seeing what about them we can like. You know, we like Renera, but getting a chance to see her uh, kind of through the lens of her aunt and her aunt that kind of understands the world that was robbed from her and that she is almost seeing how that's going to potentially impact her niece. I think that's kind of a very interesting way to go about it, uh, to see Damon and see the fact that, you know, he's not just totally brutish, but he, you know, he can do a little politicizing the dragon V dragon. That was kind of a great moment. Like, you know, and it does remind you what is cool about this series. The dragons are these weapons of mass destruction. And if you've got one on your side and the other people don't, well then you kind of get whatever you want. Like, like what, what does a dragon even eat? Well, whatever it wants to. So, I mean, like it's one of these situations where, you know, when she comes flying in and it's like, you've got all of these other little side characters that are all playing their political games and that's all well and good, but they can only get so far when a Targaryen shows up with a dragon, it's done. It doesn't matter. You can talk down to her while she's holding your cup all you, all you want. But when it comes down to it and you're facing off against her brother's dragon, only, only another Targaryen, only her with her dragon can actually come in and give you like the legitimacy. So like that was a great sequence. I'm sorry. I got to geek out about this because that was such a powerful scene in which you do have like this you know, the pleasantries, the the frivolities, the the politics at play. And then immediately it just seems like children squabbling at a game compared to like, okay, now the real conversation is going to happen. Now the Targaryens are here. And I think that's what that series wanted to accomplish early on. And I think they definitely did in this episode. Uh, crab feeder, a lot of grossness going on here. Don't know what's up with him yet. Uh, you know, that's not a character that I'm, I'm familiar with. I don't know if that's a character that was created for the show or if this was one that was part of the, you know, the, the Targaryen textbooks or whatever, but clearly somebody who is going to be a nice enough foil to kind of pull in, uh, you know, to kind of create some of these little, you know, alliances of convenience. So seeing the Valerians and the Ray Damon and Targaryens team up against the, uh, the crab feeder and, what all that means. I think, you know, could be cool. Well, we'll see where it, where it ends up going. All that to say, I really want to hear what you guys think. Head over to Twitter, uh, uh, TV talk FM at TV talk FM is the place to do it. Uh, let me know your thoughts. You can find all of our contact information and more by the way at TV talk, uh, dot FM. And you can also support the show at patreoncom slash TV talk. Thank you so much for doing so. That's going to do it for me for this week, but until next time I'll be back in a flash. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.